You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bosco Users Group radio show for Monday the 10th of April 2023. We're proud to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we broadcast people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of Current Affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a program about cycling, bicycles, micromobility, urban stuff, getting around uh, without uh, combustion engine and a whole bunch of things. And in today's studio, I have a special guest. Morning. You could uh, just point that up at you a bit easier. How, how are you going today, Steve? Uh, I'm well. It's sort of soggy and... Yeah, what am I doing up this early on a public holiday? And today we're going to be chatting about... Um, Travelling. And what sort of travel? Um, Travelling by train. Yeah, because we've got these new uh, flat fares that have come in for V-Line. So being a bit of a, you know, have used the system a bit, but not quite yet because it's just come in. But we're going to talk about some of the good things and some of the things you should be a little bit more aware of preparing to if you want to get out there and use v-line now uh news and events i'm a little bit sleep deprived as per usual because you know it's the spring monument season it's the classics and i was up watching uh paris roubaix and the paris femme um i should say properly uh paris roubaix femme and if i can get my screen lock to open i can talk a little bit more about that uh I was watching some pretty amazing stuff last night. Everyone kind of sits up to watch, you know, the sector of, you know, the forest Ardenberg. I was kind of really interested in what the hell was happening with um, wheel rims. Uh, there were some things going on that I've never seen before, unless I haven't been that observant. Are we moving from tubulus, no, sorry, from tubular to tubeless, or is it just carbon fibre rims going, nah, I am not having a bar of this? Yeah, probably... Yeah, um, nice strong, nice strong material, but not if your tire goes flat and you smack it on a uh, cobblestone. Mm. So, uh, in the uh, tour, oh god, I can't get it right, woman. The uh, Paris Roubaix Femmes, uh, Canadian Alice Alison Jackson, uh, sprung a surprise and she took out the uh, hell of the north. Um, and they had a seventeen cobblestone uh, sections in that, and in the men's, which was Vanderpoe. Right. I think I've got that correct. If someone's screaming at thing, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, you're probably right there. Uh, but yeah, Paris Rubo. 
What could I describe it as? Imagine if you got a whole bunch of uh, sections of road between one to three kilometres and you covered it in bluestone, but that bluestone was quartered. And um, so you haven't got a big flat thing, you flagstone, you've got lots of little bits and it's about one to two inches of depth. <laughs> and you have to run a road bike over that. Yeah, plenty of old yeah farming roads, basically. Farming. Yeah. And lots of stuff between the uh, between the cobbles, and and there's a lot of kind of um, bravado and drama built up around the Paris Roubaix. Like I was, you know, again, you're watching the uh, presentations at the end, you know, and you've got a bit of Ramstein like fire and stuff, and you know, the stone comes out of the middle of the podium, and it's yeah, it's a pretty brutal sort of race. And I was kind of watching it last night going, I love the spectacle and I love all the, you know, the drama of it. But I'm, geez, you know, watch someone like um, Sagan go down real hard and, and a few other things. I'm going, I don't really like some of the other bits that happen in it. <laughs> or maybe my, my tastes are changing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is rough. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, and we'll just dovetail that into a bit of the local, um, you know, the endurance. I get away from you know, something that's over, you know, two hundred kilometres to a couple of thousand. We've had like the unofficial indie pack. Indian Pacific will not race anymore. Ride. Well, it's people doing it off their own bat, and it's from one side of Fremantle to Sydney. And uh, what's your observations on it, Steve? Okay, so it's weather's getting interesting right now and people are reaching the um, elevated areas or have ridden through that. So the guys that were up the front might have had less of the weather. Um, people coming into the high country uh, areas, they're, they're going to be, yeah, having some weather. Um, I did note, I haven't seen many reports yet, but I did note that the... Um, the cloud ride bikepacking event was um, happening as well, and they would have been enjoying or not some weather. So yeah, anyone in the high country would have been copping it. But yes, the indie pack riders, um, a lot of the usual stories of um, yeah, fueling, um, uh, logistics. Of can I get something fixed? Well, some, good, some nice stories of you know someone having uh, something go wrong with their rear wheel, taking it into a local bike shop on route, and kind of having a primo rear hub put on because someone benefactor has chucked in. Yeah, you know, dot watchers make these events. People who sit there on map progress and watch, and uh, in their local areas and wait for riders to come in and help or cheer them on as the riders see fit. You know, because it's an unassisted event. But um, the camaraderie and the and the kind of a different view of the audience instead of like mass um, audience, you have this very uh, localized sort of you know um, you know someone get, walks down the end of their uh, country lane and yeah, it's mm. a, almost um, it's almost participating in the event to uh, to, to to dot watch and to um, be there for for the riders as they come through. Yeah, okay, so that's about a bit about the indie pack. I've got some news and events. Oh, sorry, I've got some news coming up that uh, about, I think, on my last show, uh, I was talking about the extension of the e-scooter trials. 
and City of Yarra putting in some more corrals because uh, that's been a big, big issue. You know, it's a bit of a tragedy of the common sort of thing of public space of you know where where of the uh, thing at the end. What was it? The uh, GPS barrier. Yeah, the edge of the edge of Yarra yeah, um, yeah, into Darabin. Just... There seems to be a collection of uh, of the share scooters and bikes. Yeah. So I'll. Cook's uh, newsletter, if you want to go to yarrabug.org, look at the contact page and it should be a sub-page there for subscribe and uh, going to start putting a bit more information in about projects and the like that are coming into Yarra and, uh, you, know, imp- you know, future projects or ones that have implemented. You know, there's some more wombat crossings going in. There's, more, you know, some stuff going on that should uh, take your interest. Now, after the break... You're going to come back and we're going to chat about V-Line. From Iran to the Americas, the Pacific to Palestine and here in so-called Australia, people are standing up for freedom and liberation. This May Day at Melbourne State Library, join the voice of Revolution Iran Melbourne, the Black People's Union, renegade activists, unionists and people from all over the world as we stand together in understanding that we are all in this together. A lineup of speakers and music from around the world demanding justice and celebrating our common struggles and our common humanity will be announced on the event page soon. You can find the event by searching May Day for Freedom and Liberation on Facebook. May Day for Freedom and Liberation, 5.30pm, Monday 1st of May at State Library, Victoria. A 3CR community radio supporter. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, broadcasting from Naram, Melbourne, Australia. Now, recently... In the last, what, two, three weeks, we've seen uh, cheaper public transport fares uh, for V-Line. And there's, you know, hypothetically, you could move from one end of the state to the other for, you know, $9.20 or for, you know, uh, $4.60 for a concession. But can you do it with a bike? Steve? Well, you can. Um, I've been doing some more, um, more research and... I discovered there's some much more interesting information on the actual V-Line website as opposed to PTV. So um, it's still all the caveats of um, attempting to use a regional train still apply. Um, You need to turn up early. Um, some of these routes, like the end routes, you need to you need to book. So you'll be using a Mikey up to a certain point or booking a paper ticket if you're wanting to go to further destinations. Excuse me. <clears throat> so if you're um, wanting to go to Bensdale or um, the far end of each route, that's when you're uh, going to need to book a ticket but and let the, um, let the website be your guide to that. But if you... Look, and I'll try and get the actual v- correct V-Line page on our uh, on our um, episode link because the most interesting thing is the different car sets. Yes. So they have the older 
um, H sets, N sets, and these are what they call locomotive um, hauled um, carriages. And then you've got your velocities and sprinters and things like that that look a lot closer to a um, suburban train. Each yeah. one of those has different amount of space in it. And there was a little interesting thing in the um, V-Line page that they've actually retired their 1950s-era goods vans. Oh, dear. So that's interesting because it was only um, January... Was it January last year? Um, 2022? uh, That I did take a V-Line from... Wangaratta back to Southern Cross and they had a goods van and you could put your bike in there and tie it up um, and that had obviously if you were many of you, you would have had plenty of space. Yeah, is that what you were going to the Audex Alpine Classic? Returning from Returning. And going back a little, I think it was a year before that, you actually took the bus to Canberra to do the Hunt 1000. No, two years before two years. I took the bus. Yeah. And that was, a, um, that was like a Greyhound bus. Mm. So those coaches um, will, will allow you to put a bike on. Um, they've got all this thing of you have to load it yourself. They're all a bit funny about... You know, we don't want to touch your bike, so you've got to load it yourself. So you've got to make it fit. Um, if my bike with my seat at the height that I ride it at will fit underneath some of the coaches, then most people's bike would. Because you're, you're quite tall. Yeah, and um, the other thing is that you might have to sort of lay it down, get it in, tie it up as well, take a couple of uh, straps and tie it in place so it doesn't rattle around and it stays then stays upright. One of the advantages of the coach and those interstate coaches was that you don't have to do what you do if you're going to fly or take some other transport where you have to disassemble your bike and put it in a box. Which happens in New South Wales and a a bicycle in New South Wales are working on a campaign so you can move around their rail network. I think Queensland as well. Yeah, where you actually have to box your bike. Yeah, so some areas of Queensland and I think there was some... Uh, routes where you could get to a certain destination within Queensland and you could just put your bike on and other other f- farther regional ones no you uh, they insisted on it be be boxed so that's just another complication of do I arrive at the station without a box or do I have to yeah, box well, it up and get tra- to... transported? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same as going to an airport where you've got to box it all up and go through that rigmarole of checking it in as a big box. Or having your own hard shell. <coughs> yeah. Some people do. But uh, a little bit of ancient history, and this is why car sets and the like are really, you know, kind of, of something you keep an eye on, is going back to, was it 2008, 2007, about that time, um, with V-Line, there was a change to the velocity uh, carriages and there was about one-third less space in terms of storage space. And that led to... This was a really weird thing because it was involved with some of the campaigning for this, was that 
the then Department of Infrastructure, DOT, which has all changed now because every time you get a new version of government, they rearrange all the anagrams. Anyway, a blanket ban came out of uh, Public Transport Division of DOT and we got this blanket ban across uh, the Metro network, which was then controlled by Connex. And it was some pretty weird stuff. Um, Why that occurred, it was just some bloody oversight. Getting back to the car sets and something to bear in mind if you're going to plan one of these journeys and take your bike out is discretion, Steve. Yeah, so it it is up to the conductor whether there's enough space. So on all of the car sets, there's a certain amount of luggage space and one thing I couldn't find when I was looking through the looking through the maps, because if you go to the v, V-Line website, you can actually look at the car sets, that, and they've got the this interesting thing of, as you said, the changes in the velocity mm-hmm. layout. Um, they've got different velocity car sets that have different seat configurations. The seat configurations obviously include space for. Um, some disability space for um, chair, wheelchairs and mobility scooters and things like that. Now, I have seen plenty of photos of people travelling with their bicycles in those spaces, but that is the space that you are going to get booted out of if someone in a, um, in a chair or a scooter arrives and needs to use that space. So that's another discretionary thing of travelling at your own risk. But those velocity velocities and sprinters vary in where you can store things. So would that be a issue of be flexible with your itinerary of kind of not being set upon one service, get there early to where you're yes. travelling from and have one to two different services, would that be yeah, a so pragmatic on, way of looking at it? Relying on the last service of the day or a particular service to interconnect with something else perhaps um, is something that's a greater risk because you may find yourself waiting at a station um, and the uh, discretion of the conductor means that you're not getting on. Yeah, and also the bus driver as well. And also because there's this you know, blanket $9.20, a lot of people are going to be using it. So I think it calls for a fair bit of planning, or not, not, not to the point where it's too hard, but don't have, as you said, don't have everything kind of predicated on a yeah, predi- one. And, yeah. and that's, where, that's where if you are planning a journey and you're, it's like going back to this, all of your, uh, all of your adventures start when you leave your, leave your front door. Mm. Um, if, you, if you're taking a trip and you're, you're incorporating some of the um, regional trains, using the train to start your trip and then riding home this might be is... rather than oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ride from home and then return by train, which is actually something I might have done more often. But having a flexible itinerary meant that I didn't have to rely on being on the last service to get me home, and then not being stuck at a station and you know having to go to work tomorrow the tomorrow type of thing. Um, but the thing of riding back home after taking a a, a, a train somewhere um, if you're wanting to link up two services um, that's where you're gonna 
you know, the, the logistics start to get a bit more complicated? Mm, I'd say, again, kind of plan and just do, you know, oh, I don't want to say that term, do you? Um, but, yeah, as you said, there's two different websites to look at. It's the PTV and... The V-Line. And we'll put those into the podcast descriptions. But So the, the other, yeah, I was going to say, the other thing about um, everyone uh, having an issue with coaches and buses, um, there are some um, coaches in the northeast, so out, out and around from Wangaratta, that have the V-Line coaches that actually have um, on the V-Line website um, say that they will take bicycles and that probably is a reaction to the demand up and around the Alpine Rail Trail. Well, it's one of Australia's premier cycling destinations. For, for people visiting that area and cycle touring. So Lots of cheese. <laughs> wineries. So uh, yeah, more cheese for me. But okay. Yeah. The, um, so, yeah, the uh, V-Line website was quite interesting. Um, it did mention that the other, that about uh, rail replacement bus, um, and that being dis- the discretion of the conductor and other... Um, buses or other other coaches saying no no bikes and PTV is a little bit seems to be a little bit more restrictive than what V Line's got on their site so mm. that would be quite interesting to follow up the the difference in the two of those. So this gets back to the concept of adventure and of uh, starts at your front door and you, this is kind of you know low carbon miles zero plane flights you know if you and you know. Both of you know, that's the kind of thinking about. Oh, we're not we're not going overseas this year. I don't think I've been over. Yeah, uh, holidays and getting around. This is a great way to see the sights, but low carbon. And also, that concept of adventure doesn't start when you get to the Tullamarine car park. Your concept of adventure starts when you go out your front door. Yeah. So pack your stuff and put it on the bike, and there's your there's the start of your adventure. Um, quite an interesting fellow um, that uh, has a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, Bo Miles has uh, been doing a lot of uh, a lot of local adventures now um, that his family situations changed. And that concept I've seen uh, a number of people talk about. You know, start your adventure at home. What happens when you've got to pack the stuff you want to take? And leave from your front door. Mm. Hypothetically, you could go from one end of the state to the other if you had a concession card. Uh, you know, the four dollars sixty—that's one way. But uh, the only issue, well, actually, there's quite a plethora of issues. I can, you know, I look at something, and then you you start seeing all these variable things to it. With V Line, they really need to improve services, as in, uh, like with the metro network as in um, frequency and uh, kind of stop the amount of um, bus replacements and yeah you could get into uh, talking about train infrastructure and sleepers and what goes underneath them and muddy hollow things and um, decreased speed limits that's another huge issue it's great that the state government has done this but it does unfortunately I think it will kind of bring out some vulnerabilities with the system yeah, I think the 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 idea of travelling from Bansdale to Warrnambool or, or vice versa on a um, on a concession ticket um, is it might be attractive if you're wanting to go for a holiday on the other side of the state. 
Um, the other thing that's across all of the um, uh, websites from our public transport system operators is that um, folding bicycles are, are able to be taken on any service. So if you happen to have a folding bicycle and a modest amount of luggage, uh, you can jump on and off any type of transit. There's folders and there's folders. There's a Brompton folder. Yes, probably the most compact. And, yeah, but and then I'm thinking yes. of like a turn HSD. Um, would it include that as well? Do they fold? They can fold. It's a it's a big bike. Yeah, well, probably <laughs> prob- probably not the yeah, long tail cargo. Yeah, you probably back into the um, just the regular model. No, just kind of you know, if as you know, public uh, transport thing, kind of keeping abreast of what's going on with folding bikes and uh, you know the, the rise of the cargo bike. Which we've got covered on the show, yeah. So, Steve, in closing, are there any future journeys you're looking at in in, in Victoria? What you know, just hypothetically, give us a what, what you um, could do. What you could do, um, it'd be interesting to go to the sort of northwest. Um, you know, there's been plenty of people go to Ararat to access the Grampians, etc. So. Um, I haven't spent any time out that direction, but that would be an interesting um, to see what uh, V-line services, where the V-line services could take me and where I could you could loop around from. That would be interesting. And also, yeah, some of the um, more, more trips to the northeast. Thanks for your time today, Steve. Melbourne Jazz Jammers present the third Newport Jazz Festival. 50 bands, multiple venues and three days of great music from some of Melbourne's finest musicians, the 21st to the 23rd of April. Trad, swing, blues, big band, Latin, bossa, bebop and beyond. Get your tickets at the Newport Bowls Club box office, Market Street, Newport or online at melbournejazzjammers.com.au. Let's get the party started at the friendliest festival in the West, Newport Jazz Festival, a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on 3CR 855 AM digital live streaming on demand and a whole bunch of ways you can listen to 3CR. Now, about a week and a bit ago, uh, Critical Mass went to Chapel Street and it was a pretty amazing ride, to be honest, uh, which was probably about 100 riders. It was put on by Port Phillip and uh, Stonington Bicycle User Groups and XR Pedal Rebels. And despite the inclement weather, they went down uh, Chapel Street and lots of um, some happy, smiley people, despite the weather and kind of showing what a future city could be like without this metal wash of traffic. Now, if you look at PS Media, psmedia.com.au, it's got an interview um, 
with Matt Kanzen and a couple other people. I'll put the link into the podcast description. And uh, a bit of news about Critical Mass that it could be coming in the east and in the north. So I'll keep you posted about that. Um, we're just having a bit of a chat amongst ourselves at the moment with the Bosco user groups and a few other people about what we want to do with Critical Mass. Uh, what else have I got here? Oh, I've got something here. Oh, I did have something here, and I think it's disappeared. Steve, you got anything to say? Wow. Um, events coming up. Um, I No, I don't have any events coming up. I do know that Curve down in Abbotsford have got a really good rides thing going. They've got women's rides. They've got some stuff along the Yarra. I think it's a weekly women's ride. Yeah, they, they've... Um, I think they've ramp, ramped up their uh, rides and running that separate women's ride. I think uh, Melbourne Dirt are ramping up for cyclocross as well. It's getting into cyclocross weather. It's getting in, yes. And also, not if you're into cyclocross, you're just into getting to A to B. I think I mentioned this on the last show, but I'll mention it again, seeing that Daylight Savings is, you know, kind of receded into thing until October and it's getting a bit cooler and darker and damper. Good idea to give your bike a bit of a look over or a check into your local bike shop or have a, have a think about um, putting guards, some nice wet weather gear on yourself. Uh, have a think about your lighting setup, whether you're still using batteries or you've got USB stuff. Just give everything a little bit of a once-over and a bit of a check because, you know, we need to do this um, when it gets cooler and darker. Steve, you got any um, insights there? Um, yeah, Aldi, Aldi's got their uh, bike lights on this week. Um, probably pretty good? good value. Pretty good value. Um yeah, look after that front light. It should last. Yeah, well, they're Cree-LED, so that's not too shabby. And if you're just looking at entry-level stuff, I mean, you can spend a lot of money on lights, but if you just kind of need your bog standard, get... Yeah, you know, they're definitely, um, definitely suitable for riding in the dark with that uh, front light in that kit. Mm. So, on Yarra Bowls, we use a group radio. That's all we've got time for. Thank you, Steve, for coming in and having a chat about the V-Line $9.20 special with a few caveats. <laughs> uh, the podcast is available on demand probably in a few minutes after the show, but if you stick around, we'll get the podcast out there and you can listen multiple different ways. There's the, also the uh, community radio um, app as well where you can listen to a lot of other community radio across Australia. Go 3CR, we're kept on air by subscriptions and donations. So if you want to help out, go to 3cr.org.au and look at either podcasts or the subscribe, donate options. And also keep an, um, have a look at news and the like for uh, special events and fundraisers. Thank you for listening in today. Uh, enjoy our lovely autumn weather. And uh, up next is Shebop, followed by Blackbock. <laughs> Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.